your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 526 of Locked on Canadians. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day every single day of the week. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms. This is the last Scott solo hosted. I I really can't say solo hosted today, but uh, unsupervised podcast where uh, in which Laura has entrusted me with the entire brand, which is a dangerous prospect, I'm pretty sure, across the board for a lot of people. But it is Friday. We do have some news. And I am joined by, once again, good friend of the show, Ian Boisvert of Rabbit Habs. Ian, uh, I don't know if it is snowing relentlessly like it is here, but uh, hopefully you are staying warm and staying healthy. Yeah, it's cold. Uh, we've, we've got uh, about a half a foot of snow on the way. By the time people are listening to this, I'll be buried. But uh, I work from home, so we're all good. Half a foot. Um, Half a foot. uh, Listen, we don't have that lake effect stuff is those are inflating your numbers. Okay. It's the weirdest thing is that because I work in the southern part of Buffalo, I work in an area called the South Towns and driving to work this morning through the city is every time I passed in between tall buildings, it was like a wall of just white snow that I could not see in front of me. Downtown roads are terrible. The minute I hit the highway or the expressway to head into the South Towns, it all clears up. It did not snow an inch while I was at work. It was sunny and most of the snow melted. And then about halfway home on my drive, the weather just went. So I hope you had a really stress-free kind of day because it's about to get real crappy for you real quick. So um, let me put it this way. I had to shovel out a parking spot on our street. That's how much snow we got this nice. afternoon. But we are not here to talk about snowfall. This is not locked on snowfall. And if it was, um, it'd be pretty boring most of the year. We do have some news before we get into the Friday mailbag. And that news is pretty pretty big, actually. Uh, obviously, yesterday, Laura and I talked about the new hire, the director of communications, and interviews have started for uh, the general manager spot. And one such name who is allegedly not on that list, thanks to Renaud Lavoie, is Patrick Waugh, who says he has not been contacted by the Canadians Obviously, he is open to that if they want to go there, but the list that was originally put out by TVA Sports was incorrect, and my only thought with the fact that they didn't even bother to call Patrick Waugh is good because I do not see how he fits into this organization as far as not including someone goes. Uh, not including Patrick Waugh is a pretty smart move by Jeff Gorton, I think. Yeah, Waugh was always the, the nuclear option, it felt like. It felt like that was going to be a choice that um, first of all, a guy like Jeff Gordon wouldn't make. It would be something that if uh, different Jeff, Jeff Molson, if he was acting emotionally, he might hire a Patrick Waugh to come in and and, and spark the team in a way. Um, but you're right. I mean, with with you know the, the news that earlier this week that they were looking to appoint their next general manager within the next ten days. Um, you know, by the time you're listening to this, it's probably closer to seven. So we're looking at about a week. Um, you know, it looks like he's all but out at this point, which is good news. I mean, that's not something that, um, a lot of Canadians fans are super interested in. 
I was kind of preparing myself for it as an inevitability because we can't have nice things. Um, but I, I think that this is this is good news because there are more good candidates left than bad ones. I, I and I think that's a huge thing is that like one the ten day thing was absolutely surprising to me is that um, hey by the way oh you know we're hiring someone within the they didn't say by f- after ten days. They said within the next 10 days, they may have somebody by like the end of this weekend, which would be absolutely wild to me. It's crazy how quickly this kind of transpired. And a lot of people went, they're not really doing their due diligence. You can't interview 10 candidates in a two week span. And my first thought is uh, the hell they can't. Uh, It's all virtual now. You are not traveling to meet these people. There's not travel time. And I wonder if Gordon with some early, you know, just kind of casual conversation and back and forth and, you know, even just reaching out for teams just to kind of get a feel for it. I wonder how many cuts he made just based off of that. And this is, it's a good thing because the sooner they get somebody installed here, the new team kind of comes into the front office, they can hire their AGM, which is another big thing. Someone's probably going to take over scouting. And then once the team gets healthy, they can start making their future decisions here. And with Patrick Waugh, it's not that I I understand why people are interested in that. He has the he does have the experience. Admittedly, he does have the experience. However, he's not a candidate, I think, that is proactive in what he does. I think he's very reactive to a lot of things. And we had 10 years of that. You can't be reactive in the NHL. You, well, you can, but you also need to be proactive. And you, we can't have someone who only does things in the heat of the moment or with the motion behind them. You know, it's, it's smart that they've done what they've done so far. I'm very curious to see who it, it's going to be at the end of the day. I think Matthew Darsh has to be the leading candidate. He's got the ties to the Canadians. He's got a ton of experience working in Tampa underneath Julian Brisebois and Steve Eiserman before that. I think Roberto Luongo is a good shout and I'm, very interested to see what news comes out of interviews with what I assume is going to be the next couple days and by maybe next Thursday, Friday, uh, we might have an answer because the Canadians are on pause now through at least January 8th with all team activities, which tells me there's probably more positive cases on the way. So I guess we'll kind of wait and see. Uh, Ian, any parting thoughts on the GM search? Yeah, just I wanted to touch on that last point that you made, you know, when you mentioned earlier, you know, well, there's no way they can conduct these interviews that quickly. What the heck else are they doing? Like they're not that the team shut down, both the AHL team and the NHL team. Everyone's quarantining. If there was ever a perfect time to hire a general manager to interview for that position midseason, it would be now. <laughs> you know, like I, I don't I don't know if there's a better time to do it midseason, which is super important for this Canadians team because they got they have to. They have to trim away at this roster. They have to get value out of guys that are providing no value on a valueless team. Um, So, you know, I think that this is sort of a perfect storm for them as much as it stinks that they have the entire NHL roster and some others on the COVID list. Um, If there's ever a good time to try to interview a general manager and and hire them mid-season, this would be it. And I think you're absolutely right with that. But until we get more news, we will keep you, uh, in the loop as things go but folks it is friday when you're hearing this that means it is time for the friday mailbag and guess what 
We love doing it here. Uh, we've got so much to touch on. No nemesis question, so you're going to miss out on that. And there's no disgusting ballpark food this time, I promise. <laughs> We're going to dive into the mailbag coming up next. But first, folks, it is the new year, and that means New Year's resolution. And if yours is about getting in shape or just eating healthier in general, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. It is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and possibly even better than a candy bar. It doesn't have that chalky or waxy taste to it. It is a very fantastic, just chocolate-covered protein bar here. And it's got low calories, low sugar, low carbs, great amount of protein. So they are fantastic for you, and they're great in the morning on your way to work. They're great when you need that boost through the day. And even if you're not going to the gym right now, guess what? It's still a great thing to have in your cupboard at any point in time. And there's so many incredible flavors to choose from. There is something for everybody. There's coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, salted caramel, mint brownie, and so many more. If you go to built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15, you're going to get 15% off your order. So go check it out, built.com. Find whatever you're looking for. Find that flavor that suits you. Order it. Punch in promo code LOCKED15. You're going to get 15% off your order. As always, folks, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day every single day. It is Friday. That means it is the mailbag. Remember, if you want to tweet us your mailbag questions, we are at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. And we got a bunch of questions. So I'm going to launch into this right from uh, Laura's quote tweet here. And the first one that comes from uh, Roy Kenta on Twitter Choose the funniest replacement for Dave Tippett in Edmonton that isn't Mike Babcock. Ooh, the funniest replacement? Uh, it, it's Michelle Terrian for, like, come on. Yeah, it has that to would be. be. That would be pretty funny. I, I, I do also think that that his counterpart in, in Philly, Alain Vigneault, would be pretty funny out there, too. Um, there's there's a case to be made even for Claude Julian, just giving the, the Oilers the best puck possession in the league, but all of a sudden none of them can score. Um, that, that would be pretty neat. I'd be terrified right. of Claude Julian in, in Edmonton just because he's got McDavid and Dreisaitl. He has enough elite talent that if he can get a league average goaltender, I think the Oilers could immediately turn that around, whereas with like Michel Therrien or anyone else we've named, uh, it's just going to be catastrophic uh, tire fire. Um, Laura is also apparently buying an air fryer when she gets home. And this question comes from Andy at underscore rally cap. He is a delightful human being. He wants to know the first thing Laura is going to air fry. And that I was told is going to be cauliflower because Laura is much more adult than I am. The first thing I made in my air fryer, I'm pretty sure was chicken fingers. So there's that. (laughs) Andy, you have an air fryer? I do. I made chicken fingers for lunch this week in my air fryer. So how dare you actually? Oh, Lord. We're, we're doing great over here. Um, <laughs> this one comes from Paul Branchot. We are doing um, bench start wave, starting with goalies. Bench start and wave, Dryden Price and Patrick Waugh. Oh. Oh. Uh, I'm probably – I'll wave Patrick Waugh just because the, the mess of the all of it. I guess I, you – I think it, you got to start – I don't know. What do you have? I, I'm literally stuck. If we're assuming that like they're as good at their peak as like modern day, you start Dryden, bench, price, and wave wah. But if we're going by modern goalies, it's you start price, bench wah, and wave Dryden. But you can't really do that. 
So my answer is I'm going to start Dryden bench price and I am going to waive Patrick Waugh, which is not a thing I ever thought I would say. It's probably the fairest option. There's an yes. argument to be made that that if that's 2015 carry price, he he eases into that conversation a little bit more. But I think you're right. I don't think we can put put him below Dryden at this point. Uh, next up, forwards, Kovalev, Lafleur, Suzuki. I, I, think... loved, I loved Alex Kovalev. I still do. I think you wave him just because he was the most enigmatic ver- forward there. Um, you probably bench Suzuki and play Lafleur. I, I, that seems like my least damage option. I'm going to be controversial. I'm going to start Suzuki, bench Lafleur, wave Kovalev because Nick Suzuki is the only center out of any of these three. So like, that's true. There's utility there. Yeah, that's tough. I I I loved Alex Kovalev, but I can also imagine him driving me absolutely up the wall now that I'm not 13 years old. Fair. Uh, and then defense. Bench start wave, Andre Markov, Jeff Petrie, Larry Robinson. Oh. I, 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 I'm already starting Larry Robinson. I've decided that in my head. I cannot pick between benching or waving one of Markov or Petrie. Because at his peak, Andre Markov is, was arguably one of the best Canadians defensemen of all time. Um, and even when he wasn't at his best he still had value we've seen petrie being really bad right now and it's not very good i i hate that i'm gonna say this i'm starting robinson benching markov and waving petrie i agree with you we already lost markov for nothing why don't we give petrie a shot (laughs) he's gonna go win the gagarin cup and with akbar's kazan in the khl just to spite me and then i will buy a jeff petrie khl yeah (laughs) just tweet really cool beach workout videos Yes. It's like, hi, I'm 40 with an eight pack. Don't you feel crappy about yourself? And I go, I don't need your help, Andre, but yes. Uh, This one comes from Brian Fisher. Do you feel like the team is hurting without Kotkaniemi or do you think the team is better off with that cap hit? And my first response is this team is hurting because everyone has COVID and is injured. Kotkaniemi probably would have fallen victim to this witch's curse as well. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. It's tough. I, would I prefer him be here over, you know, all things considered, if you had a better cap hit? Of course. I think Carolina would would prefer for him to have a better cap hit right now. They know he's not really performing to that number. He's still doing okay. Like, you know, he's not a an albatross of a contract on that team. I'm going to be honest. There has to be an expiration date for how long we keep thinking about this. Like, this has to – I'm not going to do a Subban again. I'm not doing this again. Like I, I don't have, I don't have the emotional ram to support this. Yeah. It, it's wild to me that like, at, at this point I go, you know what? He would have been nice to have on this team over a pocket or whatever, but like, it's hard that Dvorak got hurt and that Evans hasn't been able to take that full step and that everyone on this team got hurt and had just a terrible regressing season across the board it, it Todd Kanyemi wouldn't have helped that at all. Like, no. Uh, and one more. This one comes from Berserker. Why is it that Pokemon hatch from eggs, but the journal entries in the ruined mansion on Cinnabar Island state that Mew gave birth to Mewtwo? I don't know. I never filled out my Pokedex. I have no idea. Also, Mewtwo was made in a lab in the. I don't know. I don't know what the actual canon is of this, but I'm going to go uh, magic because yeah. that explains it all the way because it's easier than trying to explain to kids that 
if you put these two Pokemon together and leave them for a while, they go and do the thing and you're going to get a baby out of it. And the entire rating of Pokemon is going to change and Pete is going to have something else to be mad about now. So yeah. um, we do have so much more in the Friday mailbag, folks. As always, you can tweet us at LO underscore Canadians with all of your questions. And we're going to get into the second round of those coming up next. However, Bet Online would like to wish you all a happy new betting year as we continue our march towards the playoffs in the NFL and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. And a new year comes with a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and make sure you receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit so long as you use our promo code LOCKED ON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. We are back with the final part of the Friday mailbag. I'm joined by Ian Boisvert of Rabbit Habs at maybe it's Ian on Twitter. We're going to delve into the final round of questions here. And the first one just says Scorch Stack. Yeah, always. Uh, yes, subscribe to Scorch Stack or always. Scorch will burn your house down. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. Don't be a firefighter if he shows up, though. Just trust yeah. me. We will eventually have a day where we just talk about Scorch entirely, but every now and then, I can't help but think that someone approved that, yeah, our mascot's a firefighter murdering flame, and they went with it. So, and people say hockey's boring. <laughs> uh, from Randy Hansen, can you see all players getting booster shots for flu, COVID, et cetera, when arriving at training camps now that we live in the pandemic age? Uh, if they were smart, yes, but I don't think the PA is going to make them mandatory because there was such a pushback about regular vaccination. But um, teams like pushing for guys to get booster shots, I think, would be a huge bonus. So we don't have to watch um, whatever the next easily spreadable variant of this disease is come through and put everyone on IR for two months. Yeah, I just I don't see the. I don't see them doing it willingly. Like you, you have to mandate it. And I doubt that's going to be a thing for very much longer. It might be a thing next year. Um, might be a thing even before the playoffs start, you know, you never know how this sort of thing goes, but I just, I don't see that being it. I mean, we had, we had guys making fake vaccine cards. We had, you know, Duncan Keith holding out until the absolute last second. Like, it's just not, it's not a reality that these guys are all just going to voluntarily get this vaccine when there's probably a great deal of them who believe in a lot of really, really insane things about this vaccine. <laughs> uh, from Paul Brand Show, when Jeff Gordon selects the new GM, chances are decent that the selected candidate will want their own coaching staff. What are the odds that the Habs asked to speak with Joel Bouchard? I do not know because Dallas Eakins has apparently somehow saved his job in Anaheim this year. So um, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but that comes with a caveat of Joel Bouchard's style requires a specific buy-in that is very hard to get at the NHL level. I think if you get the right guys for it, you're all in. But man, I, I would be very curious to see if Joel Bouchard would be brought back even in a front office role, the guy knows his stuff and I'd be really interested to actually see him back in Montreal. I think the chances of it happening are higher than, you know, the Canadians getting to speak with Martin Madden in Anaheim, just because there's no, there's a GM vacancy in Anaheim. They would like to have him around either to take that role or to help out um, to, to find the next person who would fill that role. 
with Joe Bouchard, like you said, Dallas Aikens has kind of saved his job with the, you know, I, I should say, you know, the young guns out in Anaheim have done a great job saving whatever it is that the Ducks are trying to do. So there's not a clear progression for him to get to the NHL level there. I feel like their request for permission would go a little bit easier. But who's to say Joel Bouchard even wants to come back? Um, you know, so there's there's a lot of question marks there. I'd be interested in it. I liked him as the the Rocket head coach, but, you know, so so, so much has to happen for that to even be a reality. Absolutely. And I don't think, like we said, the coaching staff is going anywhere right now anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, also from Randy, the best present you ever received was what, Ian? Um... I'll keep it Habs related, I guess. My, I'm, as some may know, I'm a I'm a pretty avid jersey collector. My the first official jersey I ever got was I was 13 for Christmas one year. I got the number 13 on the back of a Montreal Canadiens jersey, and it was an Alex Tangay jersey. So I'm gonna say <laughs> Alex Tangay jersey. Absolutely incredible. Now you can get a change to Cedric Paquette. Like, <laughs> I thought about getting it changed to Cam Larry in between, but I wore that thing to absolute shreds. Like it just. The nameplate was what the glue was coming off. Like I wore it just to death. So I think that's my favorite one that I've ever gotten. I think my favorite gift, and I've told this story a couple of times, I'll keep it uh, Jersey related as well, was when the ice caps were the Canadians AHL affiliate. They did a limited release Royal, Royal Newfoundland jer- regiment jerseys for a few nights a season. And they were on sale. They actually sold them unlike the rocket do for a very limited amount of time. And I remember I had told my dad about it, wasn't expecting to get his my hands on one at all. And I remember one Christmas, I had just um, opened up, I wanna say it was my winter classic jersey. Uh, and then I got the, it's the tan maroon and blue one. It's actually in my shadow box uh, upstairs in our office. And I was stunned because I thought they had sold out like immediately. So. That is hands down the best thing I owned. It is upstairs framed with a John Scott stick and a couple of signed pucks. So uh, that was definitely one of them. I'm sad that I can't wear it anymore though, but at the same time, it's uh, it's in a very safe place. Uh, From Jeff the Red, is going into COVID protocol the new rite of passage for joining the Canadians? (laughs) I know there were like, you know, there's so many so many people out for the Canadians and there's been some notable names on waivers over the last week. And, you know, I was like, I wonder if they'll claim any of them. And then the, in the back of my mind, I went the second they claim them, they're going on COVID protocol. Like it's just, it's just how it's going to happen. Um, it's, it's wild to see what's happened this year. I know we're tired of talking about it, but like it's unprecedented what we're looking at. Yeah. Like I, I made a joke that when they brought in uh Devontae Smith-Pelly on a PTO. I was like, we've signed Devontae Smith-Pelly to an NHL contract for the rest of the year. We have added Devontae Smith-Pelly to the COVID-19 proto, and it's like, <laughs> ay, ay, ay. So, I mean, it seems that way right now. Poor Cam Hillis. So, uh, also from Jeff, if various players are binge-watching shows while isolating, what shows do you think they're watching? Um, this one's tough because I do not know what is actually out and what is new right now because I have zero semblance of pop culture knowledge at all. But all I can definitely say for sure is that Nick Suzuki, Arturi Lekkinen, and Brendan Gallagher are definitely playing Halo or Call of Duty together all the damn time. Like, I can guarantee that. Yeah, no, that's that's for sure. Um, 
I'm hoping some of them are watching Reservation Dogs. I just finished that the first season of that on Hulu. I'd recommend that. Um, I feel like I don't know. I'm trying to think of somebody on the team who would who would be into a vampire comedy. But uh, what we do in the shadows was also fantastic. The, I finished the three seasons there. Lots of there's lots of good stuff on TV, Scott. You should turn it on every once in a while. I, I would need cable for that, and I'm not giving Spectrum any more of my money. But that's oh, no, on Spectrum too. Um, Michael Bazzetta is also definitely watching the newest season of Letter Kenny, so that sure. should go without saying. Um, we got two more questions here. Uh, if I skip some of these, I'm going to take some of these for Monday when Laura gets back. Uh, what is the role of a VP of communications in an NHL organization? Wondering what Chantel brings to the Montreal Canadiens. And this was actually clarified a little bit today. She's more or less going to act like the press secretary would for the president in the way that she runs the media scrums and briefing people before uh, said scrum. So there's uh, any technical questions or anything, they can get those out of the way ahead of time and then go in and help smooth out how these press conferences run. So it's not so much of a free for all. I think it's a very good organizational thing. She's going to work. And this was a quote with the GM, not underneath the GM. So I think uh, she's going to have a real big role in what is going out to the media and helping to, establish that channel between everybody um and the last one comes from roke did the Habs get away with using title inflation to get around the language issue with de facto gm jeff gordon and i want to say yes but i also think we are now in an era where the majority of Habs fans really don't care so long as you win games i'm gonna say no in the sense that you know the role of the general manager, one of the bigger parts of it is speaking to the media. We don't know necessarily that that's the case with the vice president or president of hockey operations. I look at Toronto. We don't hear a ton out of Brendan Shanahan. He'll speak every once in a while, but it's, it's mostly Kyle Dubas stepping in front of the microphone. So when you, when you kind of scale that down to the coaching staff, the head coach on the Canadians speaks French, but they don't always have assistants who speak French. Luke Richardson is not a Francophone. Kirk Muller was not a Francophone. You remember the big to-do that it was in the bubble when Claude Julien had to leave with his his, um, his medical emergency. And, you know, Muller stepped in and they apologized on his behalf, you know, or on the behalf of the team or whatever. I think it's, I think it's just, it's role specific. The general manager has to speak to the media. You know, if we're saying half the fans are, are speaking, or half the fans speak French, I don't even know if that's the correct ratio. Um, that should be an important part of his job. I don't even, I live in Connecticut. I don't even disagree with that. Um, so I don't, I'm going to say no. I don't think they have gotten away with anything here. I think that the roles are different and being French is, or having speaking French is, is being, is part of that role. And, you know, saying that, you know, as I hardly speak English. I guess we'll see too. Like, I mean, again, I think no one's going to care if they win games. Like, sure. like I could speak German only and for all we care if they win games after all there will be an a to-do about it at the start there always will be regardless of who gets picked but if you win everyone forgets everything else so that's going to wrap up our friday mailbag folks thank you as always for listening you can tweet us your questions at lo underscore canadians on twitter or locked on canadians at gmail.com you can follow my buddy ian at maybe it's ian on twitter you can follow myself at scott matla you can follow laura at the active stick and now that you've made us your first listener today, check out Locked On Bets. They're going to crush it, and they're going to help you nail down all of your sports betting picks, make them your second listen. 
We'll see y'all on Monday.